Brut. New Art on Stage. Welcome to the seventh podcast of Gesellschaftsspiele, The Art of Assembling. This episode is based on a live event on September 14th, 2021 in Halle G in Vienna during Wiener Festwochen. And it was in front of a full house with more than 300 people in the auditorium, the very first edition of Art of Assembly that could take place in front of an analog audience, which is, of course, quite paradoxical for a series that deals with physical bodily gatherings. If you have missed the series so far, you might want to check out our website, www.art-of-assembly.net, with videos and podcasts of all former editions. There you can also sign up for a newsletter if you want to be kept updated. My name is Florian Malzacher and I'm the host of this series, which is conceived together with Brut Production House in Vienna. In this edition, with the title Agonistic Gatherings, my guests are the sociologist and philosopher Didier Eribon and the political theorist Chantal Mouffe. The discussion took place, almost to the day, at the 10th anniversary of Occupy Wall Street, a movement that, just as many other square occupations, demonstrations, revolts and revolutions during the last 10 years, as different as they were, have produced a lot of hope, energy and discussions but also a lot of frustration and often very bad experiences with reactionary backlashes, as we have witnessed not only in Egypt, for example. These movements also had quite an impact on the art scene, on performance and theater makers uh, that were inspired by it throughout the last decade. And this is what we try to reflect on in the series and to speculate about, the potential of assemblies in activism, politics, and art. So in our last edition uh, that was happening in June before the summer break, we were discussing with Rade de Souza and uh, Sibylle Peters uh, assemblies of more than humans, of animals, landscapes, and so on. And today we move back uh, very much to human beings at the center or the protagonists of assemblies again. And we arrive at the topic that actually was appearing in the last editions again and again, but we didn't have time really to get into deeper, uh, in deeper into it, because we're not only to look at the likeness of members of as, uh, assemblies, what everybody has in common with each other, but also at, in, at differences and dissent. Um, because the assemblies of these numerous square occupations and movements during the last decades have often been laboratories of radical forms of democracy, experimenting with non-hierarchical forms uh, and structures of consensus models uh, instead of majority voting. And while this is an important feature, we should also not forget uh, the necessity of the census of agonistic pluralism, as Chantal Mouffe would say, or the unsurpassable plurality, as Eribon says, of many movements. So tonight we will discuss how much agonism social movements can bear and how the diversity of democratic demands can be addressed. And for this, um, Chantal Mouffe and Didier Revon are, of course, perfect guests, um, because they are not only theorists, but also closely related to the struggles of our times. And Chantal, you call yourself sometimes an intellectual activist or an activist with words, and I think that's also, this description goes well also for Didier Revon. So Chantal Mouffe's concepts have been frequently popped up in our conversations and, and her name uh, for many reasons. Some of them would be 
uh, her stressing that effects and not only rationality are important for assemblies. So an assembly is also an experience, a passionate experience, uh, and as with uh, Occupy Wall Street, for example, even so, Shandamov criticizes this movement then for other reasons. But also the concept of the chain of equivalence is important, the necessity to create a common will, including very different and often overlapping demands of workers, women, the colonization movements, environment, LGBTQ, etc. So if you want to be assemblies too successful, and I'm sure Chantal will talk about it or we talk in the talk later about it. But last not least, and that gave the, this edition its title, the concept of agonism, so the necessity to have an arena where we can act out different opinions as adversaries and not as enemies, uh, and not only aim for a consensus in, in all these movements. Um, Didier Ribon, uh, I think what was really interesting for me is also, and for many of course, is how uh, he combines his writing, in his writing theoretical depth, with uh, personal experiences. So that he himself stays visible in his books and the position from which he speaks and the context. And I think that's also an important uh, moment for our series. So to always understand the individual in a social context, also in the assembly. So, so what is this relationship to each other? And uh, you also stress in your writing the importance of the struggles of minorities, discriminated groups, etc. But also put a focus on the often for in the left forgotten working class uh, and we will, I guess, we'll discuss this, of course, later on. So the evening will be like this. At first, Chantal Mouffe will speak for about 20 minutes, then Didier Ribon, and then we have a discussion, and we also open the discussion uh, for, for everybody. And then it's important to use the microphone because we also streamed. So Chantal Mouffe is a Professor Emeritus of Political Theory at the Center for Study of Democracy at the University of Westminster in London. She wrote and edited many books, and I just want to mention uh, the most important ones next to the iconic hegemony and socialist strategy with Ernesto Laclau in 1985. I just mentioned the three most recent ones, which also all are important for our topic uh, uh, of assembly in general. So that's Agonistics, Thinking the politi World Politically from 2013, with also a critic of Occupy Wall Street. Uh, Podemos, In the Name of the People, uh, with Inigo Erejean in uh, 2016, uh, and maybe we talk also a bit about Podemos today, uh, and for Left Populism, the last book uh, from 2019. And I'm supposed to mention that there's a book table in the foyer, so you can probably get all of these books outside later on if you don't have them. And um, as I said, uh, your writing has been a reference point in the series often already, but also I'm very happy that we had an ongoing conversation actually since an assembly that took part in Graz nine years ago at Steirische Herbst, Truth is Concrete, and so that, so I'm really happy to, to have you here and to talk. And just maybe I should mention for all of us, it's the first uh, public appearance since, well, one and a half years. I think you had one last year maybe, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, so it's really a premiere and um, we're very glad to have you. And Chantal, I would just offer you the chair or the lectern. Thank you.
Thank you, Florian. Yes, I, I do confirm that uh, it's the first time I speak in public since February last year. And I must say I'm really pleased that it is in Vienna because, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know all I love Vienna and also in the context of the Wiener Festwochen and something organized by Florian and discussing with Didier Eribon. So um, many, many, many reasons to be happy that this is my first public intervention. Uh, so, well, I think that maybe I'm going to be a, a little bit of a dissenting voice here with respect of, you know, some, some position. Uh, but I think that was maybe one of the reasons also why Florian wanted to invite me. Um, but first, I'm going to speak of a, as a political theorist, but as a political theorist, you know, I, I always do political theory thinking of Activism, you know, so it's not just theory, political theory for, for itself, but so what can we, what can political theory tell us about, you know, of how we should uh, act politically? So it's definitely, of course, I'm going to concentrate on political assemblies because obviously there are many assemblies of many different types and not all of them are, are about politics. And I, I also want to insist that when I'm, I'm using the term assemblies, but I suppose this has been the case already in many, in a large sense. You know, for instance, for me, demonstration, I are part of assembly. So it's not only, you know, meeting together in a place and uh, it's not only occupation of square. You know, uh, I've got a much wider understanding of uh, assemblies. And I'm going to uh, raise two particular issues respecting to assemblies. Uh, first, concerning consensus and the second one concerning uh, uh, question of affects, you know, the role of affects in assemblies. Uh, the question of, of consensus, consensus dissensus, obviously. Well, uh, as we know, um, they are not the only form of assemblies, but the one which has been more celebrated and, uh, and which has been the center of many of the discussion here are the Occupy Wall Street, uh, Indignados in Spain, Nuit debout in France, and all those are celebrated um, They've got something in common. Is, is the idea they, they emphasize the idea of consensus? You know what, what is important for them is a place where consensus can you know be created among, of course, uh, people meeting together. Uh, so what they, they they have in common is usually rejection of uh, uh, the idea of representative democracy, uh, a defense of direct democracy. Uh, also, they are very horizontalist movement. No? They, don't, they don't want to have any, any form of, of hierarchy. Uh, most of them don't want even to have sp spoke person. Uh, and, and obviously, they don't want to have any contact with the more traditional form of politics. You know, this, this is usually uh, what those kind of assemblies uh, insist on. Well, here I want to, to uh, insist. Those uh, assemblies, in fact, they partake of one specific conception of the political, which is called, uh, has been called the associative conception of polit political. That is meaning the political is the, the space of acting in common, uh, is a space of liberty, is a sp the space where we should try to uh, uh, establish consensus, but definitely not the space when there is space for antagonism. Um, so I think that that's important to realize because obviously I'm going to defend another view of the political. If we are thinking of 
relation with political theories, and you know, being a political theorist, I want to make that, that contact, and they partake also of a certain conception of democracy, you know, because obviously uh, uh, the, the question of democracy and, uh, and how we are going to establish democracy, what is the aim of democracy is central to those. those. Uh, and this is, in, uh, speaking of political theory, they partake of uh, what is called the deliberative conception of democracy. Uh, here I want to insist that there might, uh, in, in the field of deliberative uh, democracy, there are different forms. For instance, maybe uh, uh, one of deliberative democracy, which is better known, uh, is the theory that is developed by uh, uh, Jorgen Habermas, uh, but also by uh, John Rawls. And basically what the, their uh, the democracy says, well, the aim is to establish procedure in order to reach a, a consensual consensus. Uh, a consensus, let's say, that uh, maybe is kind of a... a, a Pleonam to speak of consensual consensus, but uh, here I want to say a consensus without any form of exclusion, you know, because um, I think one can think of consensus, but consensus for me always excludes some people. And um, in fact, uh, obviously, uh, this is uh, the assembly, assemblyism, as it's sometimes called. Uh, this is not exactly, you know, the, 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 this kind of uh, deliberative democracy because they, the, the assemblies, as I said before, they want direct democracy. But basically, what they have in common is our interest, the, the idea that the aim of democracy is to establish consensus. The difference, of course, is going to reside in the fact: how are we going to establish this consensus? Uh, for the assemblyism view is through direct democracy. This is not, of course, the idea that we find in other form of uh, uh, deliberative democracy. We say no, it's, it's true, you know, obviously, uh, the, the procedures that are advocated by Rawls and Habermas are not uh, the direct democracy. But, but basically what they've got in common is that the aim of democracy is to establish consensus. Well, this is exactly the kind of position which I've criticizing in all my, of my work, and which is, you know, when I've developed the idea of an agonistic democracy, in fact, it's, it's a model which is precisely an alternative and a critique of deliberative democracy. And, in fact, the kind of view of the political that I, I, I defend is a view which has been called the dissociative conception of the political. That is, it's a view of the political that said that society is always necessarily divided. Um, politics is always partisan. Politics is the establishment of a frontier, a difference between us and, and them. You know, this, this, this is something which is really very important for the, as, the, the dissociative conception of the political. So if there is the political, if it is because there is uh, uh, antagonism. Here I want to specify that by antagonism, what I refer to is certain type of conflict, you know, because uh, it's a type of conflict that cannot have a rational solution. And I think this is precisely the kind of conflict which is the political conflict. Many conflicts can have a solution, but there are some which cannot, and those are the, the political ones. And this is what, you know, if there is politics, it's because there is this dimension of the political, so called the antagonistic dimension of the political. So, 
if you start from this conception of dissociative, uh, dissociative view, of course, you are going to envisage the aim of democracy in a very different way. It's not to establish consensus because there is no possibility ever of a fully rational consensus. But it is, uh, um, I've put it in, in a way, to trans, so we've got to really start, there is antagonism, you know. How is democracy going to be possible if we acknowledge the ineradicability of antagonism? Well, Habermas said that's not possible. You know, if, if we want to defend democracy, we've got to abandon the idea that uh, uh, antagonism is ineradicable. And I said, no, there is a way to defend democracy starting from this antagonistic conception and is to realize that this antagonistic dimension can be put into... Uh, <laughs> shape, uh, uh, into form, in different ways. They can be put into form, uh, antagonism being constructed as a friend and enemy distinction, and then, of course, you know, this is imp incompatible with uh, the organization of, of democracy, because if you are going to treat your uh, opponent as somebody to be destroyed, because the enemy, you want to destroy it, I mean, this is incompatible with democracy. But uh, there is another way in which antagonism can be put into form, into shape, uh, it is under the form of what I call agonism, and this is the opponent is not going to be considered as an enemy to be destroyed, but as what I call an adversary. That is, uh, 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 of course, we know we are not go ever going to be able to reach a consensus, but there is, you know, we, we, we consider that the opponent has got a right to defend his, his, his position, her, her position. You know, and this, this is, so for me, really what should be the aim of democracy, to create the condition, the institution, so that when those antagonistic conflicts are going to, to emerge, they are the institution which are going to make it possible, this uh, antagonism, this, this, no, this agonism to be put into an agonistic uh, form. So this is why I say that it is to transform uh, antagonism into agonism. Uh, there is a very nice formulation, but I will have to say it in French because it does not give so well in, in, uh, in English. It's, it's a, 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 an expression from the, 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 the important uh, French uh, anthropologist, uh, historian anthropologist, uh, Marcel Mauss. And Marcel Mauss, speaking of democracy, say the whole question is come, how can we? So it is s'opposer sans se massacrer, you know, the, uh, so uh, uh, in English, but you realize it isn't so, to oppose without killing each other, yeah, this is the meaning, but I think I like this expression, s'opposer sans se massacrer, because this is exactly what the agonistic struggle is about, you know, uh, uh, and this, this, I think for me, is what democracy should, should, should try to reach, establish the institutions that are going to allow for this uh, uh, s'opposer sans se massacrer. Uh, okay, so what has got that to do with the question of assemblies? Well, uh, I think that, uh, of course, there is also uh, uh, the, the idea of assemblies can also be important for the agonistic conception of uh, democracy and of the, uh, that I developed, because then, of course, assemblies are going to be envisaged as the place where Antagonism can be transformed in, into agonism, where people are going to be able to meet, to discuss, to confront uh, uh, opinion, you know, and then to, to uh, 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 precisely this putting 
antagonism into an agonistic shape. I think it can be done through assemblies, and this is, in my view, what will be the role of assemblies. And here I want to insist on something which uh, uh, it should be the, the aim established the condition for what I call an agonistic conception of citizenship. Because there is a view which many people believe, ah, oh, you know, to act as a citizen is to act if in in an homogeneous way. If we will all to act as citizens, then we will all agree. Well, I, I don't agree with that conception. I think that uh, there are many different ways in which we can act as a citizen. There is, not, there is a plurality of forms. Uh, and for instance, one can... Uh, uh, I, I think they are, uh, I would even say, ne- neoliberal citizens, social democratic citizens, radical democratic citizens. All those forms are legitimate. You know, and in fact, the, the st- agonistic struggle is precisely a struggle among the, this different understanding of, uh, of citizenship. So this is for the, the, the first question. Uh, assemblies are, are uh, basically tending to a uh, uh, consensus or dissensus. The question of affects, no. Well, are, affects are important for both types of assemblies because, of course, the question of uh, People meeting in, you know, in as bodies, you know, and of course this is a question where affects are mobilized. Affects are mobilized both by, you know, consensual assemblies and by agonistic ones. But of course they are mobilized in different ways. So I think that for me uh, is very important. As I was saying before, the, if you envisage assemblies and the place people meet, discuss, oppose, and so, well, obviously this is because, and it's possible because there are places where affects are uh, mobilized, you know. Uh, I want to give you now a, a, f- a few examples of what I, how I envisage, uh, what I will call agonistic assemblies. Because in fact, uh, uh, normally people say, as, if you think of Occupy Wall Street, Indignados, uh, those are not agonistic assemblies. Those are assemblies in which basically the aim is to uh, really uh, uh, reach a consensus. This is why, for instance, uh, those, uh, uh, and, and this is very clear in, in when people say about their movement, they don't want any kind of things that are going to divide them. You know, for instance, they avoid, if they avoid for, for person, they don't want anything which is hierarchical. They don't want even to uh, formulate demands. They don't want to have voting because, uh, no, no, you know, if we are going to vote, that's going to divide people. So all, uh, all those uh, practices which they say can divide people are not uh, uh, important. They are, in fact, you know, really uh, opposed and, and, uh, by, by those Democrats. Uh, consensual uh, uh, assemblies. While uh, uh, this is, of course, not the case in agonistic assemblies. Agonistic assemblies recognize that they are never going to be a way to to agree, but so we need to have procedure for for disagreeing and make make judgment. So I think that's very important to realize that uh, agonistic assemblies need to have some form in which the dissensus can, can be expressed. Well, um, kind of example of that, I was, I think, well, there is, and this is where I think the question of demonstration is important, because uh, of, obviously when you uh, uh, 
maybe people will come with other examples of that, but for me, I think that demonstration is precisely a place where uh, you can bring people together to, with, with different uh, um, objectives. And there is an example which probably uh, many people here know about. Uh, it's a very, well, not very old, but it's, an, it's not. Uh, is the, the, probably if you've seen the film Pride, you will have heard about the way in which uh, in Britain during Margaret Thatcher, during the, the struggle of the miners, there was, you know, the, the, the gay movement went to work with, with, with and, and have demonstration and, and things to work with the miners. Well, for me, this is exactly an, an, an example of an agonistic assembly. It's when you have people from very different objectives, there was, the aim was certainly not, you know, establish some kind of homogeneous thing, but to establish some kind of solidarity between different forms of struggle. So I think that, for me, is, is an, an a example of an agonistic movement. Uh, more uh, um, recently, except next to new, for instance, I think the, the feminist strike, the one in Spain, but also, of course, very much in Latin America, in, in uh, uh, Argentina, in Chile, uh, are... Uh, form of agonistic assemblies. Because what is really interesting about those movements is they are not movements that are only uh, uh, organized around you know, specific uh, women issue. For instance, to give you the example of uh, Argentina, where, as you uh, uh, probably know, the struggle for you know, legalization of abortion was very, very central to the movement, and they had the, the, the Pañuelo Verde, you know, the, the, in, as a, a sign of that, but the, the, in their indoor demonstration, this was it was not only about that. They were articulating series of other other demands coming from you know working class people, uh, uh, gay people, and so there was really there was a locus for an agonistic encounter between the, those uh, different groups. Uh, I also think, for instance, for me, Extension Rebellion is probably one of the best examples of what I understand by an uh, agonistic assembly. Because the aim of Extension Rebellion is not you know, to create a consensus. It's very different. But it's, it's to... Yes, yeah, so and there are people who participate with coming from very, very different point of, uh, uh, point of view and very different, you know, uh, origin. But the, and, and, and it's to suscitate a discussion, to, to suscitate, you know, uh, 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 um, of course there is uh, something in common, uh, but it is really trying to establish uh, unity among dif differences. So I think that is, is for me, at the moment, Extinction Rebellion is really an example of what I understand by agonistic assembly. I also would like to make a reference uh, to, to uh, something that, you know, more recent in France, uh, which I also think a very good example of uh, uh, an agonistic movement, is the way in which for instance, there were, uh, that was of course before the pandemic, but joint demonstration in which you had Committee of Adama, uh, pe people coming from the Gilets Jaunes, and also people from the ecological movement. And they were demonstrating together. 
I think that is really interesting, this kind of thing, because it's an articulation of different demand. It was not, again, a question of, you know, uh, uh, each of, of having, you know, we will all, all agree. The Comité Adama has got his demand, but, you know, they were creating a way in which some form of solidarity can be created um, um, between, you know, uh, or um, among different circles. And, of course, this is why I think that this question of agonistic assemblies for me is very important for what I call the uh, articulation of a chain of equivalence, which is central to my uh, reflection about politics. Because I think that uh, articulation of a chain of equivalence is precisely the way they are many different struggles in our societies. You know, uh, we need to create some kind of collective will if we want to transform society. But this collective will is not some homogeneous collective will in when, you know, some, all those groups are going to leave aside their differences. No, there is the, the question is how are we going precisely to create some form of solidarity between all those different struggles, which may, in, in a way in which their specificity is going to be maintained, but they find a way to uh, work to, together. And I think that, you know, thinking of uh, joint demonstration between Comité Adama, uh, Gilets Jaunes, and uh, uh, ecological movement is really a very good example of that. And this is why, of course, for me, and you will expect me to make the connection with left populism, I suppose, uh, the, the, this, those agonistic assemblies are very important for a strategy of uh, left populism. Because what is at stake in, in uh, Le Populum is to create this collective will, to create this chain of equivalence between uh, all, all those different struggles. And, 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 of course, I always very much insist on the importance of mobilizing effect. Because if there are two characteristics which are central for Le Populum, is first establish a frontier, you know, uh, us, the, the, them. So collective will, and of course the Dutch, we call it the people against the oligarchy. Some people uh, don't like the term people, but the people here is basically, you know, so to say that it's a transversal sub subject. That, that is what is at stake. Uh, um, and, of course, uh, this, so this is why to, to create this transversality, uh, agonistic assemblies are very, are very important. And, of course, and I'm going uh, um, to finish with this point, uh, it also indicates that what is a different you know, conception of radical politics are at stake in the consensual Occupy Wall Street kind of movement and the agonistic one. Uh, because in the case of the uh, horizontal movement, basically it's a strategy which in agonistic, I call it, withdrawal from. You know, they don't want to have anything to do with uh, uh, state institutions, with parties. You know, there is the self-organization of the multitude, purely horizontal. You know, not, nothing to do with institutions. While the strategy, which is uh, uh, the, of radical politics, which is specific to uh, the left populism, is a strategy that I call engagement with institutions. Engagement with institutions to transform them profoundly. So it, it means that you are going to establish a synergy 
between the horizontal, because I think horizontal is absolutely crucial, you know, and those movements are crucial, but they need to establish a, an articulation with the more vertical dimension, so to uh, be uh, involved, you know, in po politics transforming the state. And in fact, this is what I think has been missing w w in, in uh, Indignados, in, in Occupy Wall Street, and in Nudebu, because this refusal to engage with the institution to transform anything. Okay, what, uh, they, they, it existed, but it, they did not have really important impact. You know? So I think it's, it's very important to see the importance of the articulation between those you know, two different forms of assemblies. Uh, uh, the, the, this is what, for me, is the, what is missing in, in, in the kind of Occupy uh, Wall Street Indignados and what I want to bring uh, about when I speak of agonistic form of assemblies and the kind of strategy which I develop on the basis of what I call a left populist strategy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we will have a lot to discuss in a moment, uh, but first um, I'm very happy that Didier Ribon is here and also do the formal introduction. Uh, Didier Ribon is a sociologist and philosopher. He was professor of sociology in Amiens and visiting professor at the University of California and many other places. Uh, his socio-autobiography uh, book, Retour à Reims, uh, Return to Reims, probably many of you have read uh, from uh, um, in which he reveals the breakup of French society attracted international attraction. And I find it always quite interesting because the translation to German was quite late, like five, six, seven years later. And I think it hit the right moment. It was maybe good that it took so long uh, because it really arrived in a very, a very important moment. Other uh, books are uh, The Insult, uh, Insult and the Making of the Gay Self from 1999. It has become a classic and founding document of queer studies. And uh, among his most recent st uh, publications are uh, La Société comme Verdict, uh, Urteil als, uh, Gesellschaft als Urteil, und uh, Prinzipien ein uh, Prinzip d'une pensée critique, which also is published in German, but I think not in English yet. Uh, there's the book table outside, I say it again, as I'm supposed to <laughs> do, and I'm very happy you're here. Thank you. I did like the quotation by Marcel Mauss that uh, Chantal has uh, mentioned. Uh, democracy is uh, to oppose to each other without killing each other. But it reminds us that actually uh, state violence kills op opponents or massacre them. And I have to remind you, you know, but that and the Macron Uh, 30 people lost an eye, six lost a hand, hundreds of demonstrators have been mutilated, severely wounded, thousands have been imprisoned for having, for example, uh, eye drops in their pocket, which was considered an intent to participate in a violent <coughs> demonstration. Um, thousands have been asphyxiated by tear gas, 
I was there, and I can tell you that it's not very pleasant. And now someone like me is scared to go to a demonstration in France. So, actually, uh, democracy is not a democracy. It is state violence exerced, exerted uh, against demonstrators, against opponents by the state powers. And its police uh, forces. Um, so this is why I do. <clears throat> so I'm called because of the, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the air condition. Uh, this is why I do not accept the idea of consensus. This is why I do not accept the idea of discussion, political discussion, and why I would advocate, I would plead for. Um, a radical political resistance to the uh, state violence, to the economic violence, political violence, social violence. Um, I said massacre because pe people have been mutilated or severely uh, um, wounded and uh, horribly mutilated. But it's, it was during demonstration. But if you read... Um, Edouard Louis' novel, Who Killed My Father, you can see that this political, social, economic violence is, it's, is an ongoing process. And uh, Who Killed His Father is, he, he gave the list of the politicians, but this politician, Macron, Sarkozy, Hollande, left wing, right wing, who deprive people of their rights, of the, 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 the basic um, a means of existence uh, through their um, um, uh, um, neoliberal agenda and uh, uh, politics. But it's, it's not only political violence, it's also depriving people of the right to speak, of the right to protest. They are subject, subjugated by the laws, the regulation, the, uh, the reforms, and they are silenced by police repression when they want to protest. So, um, for me, uh, um, the notion of consensus, even the notion, the notion of democracy, are uh, to be uh, um, criticized radically. And um, I would like... It's a, it's, as Chant, exactly like Chantal, this is the first time that I speak in, in front of a public in, in, within two years, and I have to do that in English. So I'm sorry, I lost, I lost my practice of speaking English. I have to ask you to forgive me if, if I have some mistake. In her famous book, book in 1949, The Second Sex, Simone de Beauvoir wonders why women do not say we as women. The workers say we, black people in the US say we, Jews have been saying we for a long time. These are the examples she gave in uh, the introduction of her book. In short, there are several social, polit political, cultural movements in which a category of people, a group, speaks collectively as a group for themselves as subjects of their own discourses and not only 
anymore as object of the discourses of the others. Women, she wrote, are the object, remain the object of the masculine gaze, of the masculine discourses. There is a social hierarchy, and that in that hierarchy, the, the inferiorized one, um, are, they are the others, the, the women are the inferiorized one, they are the other, they are the second, second, the, the word is, uh, is telling, second, second sex. I will not discuss here, uh, there, is, there are so many things which are at stake in these uh, few uh, sentences I quoted by uh, uh, Simone de Beauvoir. I, I will not discuss uh, here all the implication, um, but um, neither uh, existentialist framework, neither uh, existentialist vocabulary, the other, the gaze, and so on, subject, object. But what I would like to insist on is how she tries to explain this enduring and apparently accepted by women situation of subjugation, of inferiorization. She writes, it is because Working women will always feel closer to workers, male workers, in solidarity with male workers in the working class movement. Black women will always feel closer to black men in solidarity with them in the black uh, movement, anti-racist movement, and so on. So, The condition for the existence of a we, that is to say for a group, speaking collectively for themselves as a group, is to change the social and political perceptions of the world and to add a new or another theoretical way of dividing the social world. They are the working class, they are the black, they are the Jew, and we have to add the women as a principle of perceiving the uh, division of the social world. But to do that, of course, you cannot simply add a category, a principle of division. All these principles of divisions tend or intend to um, become hegemonic and to become the main principle of di division, the main uh, framework to uh, not only understand the social world, but to uh, build the reality. If you say there are workers and bourgeois, the, uh, there are social classes, the world is divided between social classes. If you, if you say there are men and women, this is another division. And every movement will tend to impose his um, division as the, uh, uh, the most important one. So, when Simone de... Now, we can say that Simone de Beauvoir wanted the woman to say we has been listened to, has been heard, and um, women say we, which is another problem, that the we 
as you know, as well as I know, the we is not homogeneous. Uh, the, the we of the women, the feminist movement is not, a, of course, a homogeneous movement. There are uh, tensions, contradictions, opposition inside this we, as we have uh, uh, saw, uh, saw in Paris uh, very recently, where different uh, trends of the feminist movement uh, clashed, phys physically clashed between themselves uh, in the streets of Paris. Um, the anti-transgender uh, rights uh, uh, against the Antifa supporting the transgender or the anti, uh, uh, the ones wanting to abolish prostitution, so to punish the client of uh, sex workers and the sex workers uh, wanting to fight for their rights, uh, social security, pension, and so on. So the feminist movement, the we that Simone de Beauvoir was imagining is a very, very uh, unhomogeneous, heterogeneous we, uh, divided and sometimes violently divided. But I, this is um, uh, another uh, issue. Every movement tends to be hegemonic and interpret the world through its own lens, its own framework. The theoretical framework, framework which which uh, a way of perceiving the social reality, which is a, a way of perceiving a reality, becomes the reality itself. Through the whole set of, of institutions, it creates associations, trade unions, demonstrations, books, journals, reviews, and so on. This is what Pierre Bourdieu, the famous French sociologist, called the theory effect, l'effet de théorie. There are social classes in the reality because Karl Marx said that there were social classes and we see social classes because someone built a theory saying there are social classes, the social world is made of this opposition, this struggle between social classes and that we could interpret the past and the present at famous sentence, the history of social classes. The working class movement was inscribed in the reality of social classes framed by the Marxist theory of social classes. The reality has been performatively construed by uh, this um, uh, theory. And this implementation, this inscription of this embodiment of the theory in the reality. As you know, the shift of the left-wing traditional social democratic left-wing to the right in the um, uh, 1980s and the attempt, the successful attempt by left-wing, so-called left-wing, as well as right-wing, really right-wing intellectual, to dismantle this perception in terms of social classes, to replace it by an idea of individual autonomy, idea of in, uh, which means individual responsibility, uh, produced a new perception of the social world in which the very existence of social classes have been denied, have been erased, have been uh, suppressed. And class antagonism, class struggle as a political reality has supposedly disappeared. 
there were not anymore such thing as social, as a working class, but uh, uh, no, there were not such thing as social classes, but only a huge middle class in which everybody was inscribed, um, um, except the, the, mo the richest and the, uh, the, 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 the most destitute. This was a way, of course, for the social democratic uh, parties to justify the dismantlement of a welfare state, the public sector, the public health system, the public system of pension, everything that was public, everything that was, that was uh, intended to help people, to support people, to assist people, has been completely uh, dismantled. And ah, now being more and more dismantled, not know probably here, but in France, uh, through our wonderful uh, government uh, who massacred its population. The idea, when they protest against this dismantlement, you know, the health system has been so uh, violently dismantled in the past years that there were not enough beds in uh, the hospital uh, at the beginning of the pandemic because uh, they closed the beds, the, the, the bed. they closed sectors, they uh, suppressed jobs, uh, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, whatever. Uh, and suddenly, so oh, we are surprised by this pandemic, we, we could not uh, anticipate it. They could anticipate it, um, to react to the possibility of a pandemic by not suppressing, this, uh, dismantling the public sector. And during the pandemic, they continued to suppress uh, jobs, beds, sectors, and so on. This is incredible, but I can tell you that it is true. The ideology of meritocracy has been here the tool of their destructive politics, and you find it as well in Macron's reforms or in Thomas Piketty's um, uh, uh, writings, when he says um, that they are, in his book on capitals in the 20th century, that they are against the laziness of sort of some left-wing intellectual, that we have to reaffirm that they are fair inequalities based on work and merit. This is incredible. This is a right-wing ideology which has been uh, uploaded as uh, the, new, uh, the renewal of the left, of the left thought. And I did not, bought this, uh, did not buy this uh, uh, renewal and... Uh, and uh, and I think we have to oppose that kind of... It, it, in this book, it does not use the word class once, not once. As I wrote in Returning to Reims, Rucœur nach Reims, the dissolution of the working class as a powerful mobilized uh, um, uh, uh, force uh, and collective force pushed people to despair and anger. Uh, the feeling of powerlessness, but also um, 
people try. This was the, the side effect, the second effect of this uh, dismantlement of the social class, the working class as a collective group by the, uh, um, the uh, ideological uh, uh, attempt of the uh, uh, so-called left-wing, social democratic left-wing, uh, to dismantle the idea of class. The side effect has been that people anger, feeling of powerlessness, but also an attempt by these people to reconstitute themselves as a group, as a collective force, through, unfortunately, the vote for the right-wing parties, the far-right-wing parties, and Marine Le Pen won 22% in the uh, first round of the presidential election, and uh, more than 35, she was defeated, but 35% of the French voters voted for her. So we can see that here there is still a we and a them. Chantal has mentioned the opposition uh, of we, and then the agonistic politics she advocates is always grounded on the opposition of we and a them. But when I was a, a kid, a child, we under them, that was uh, uh, spoken every day in my family, was we the workers, we the poor, against the, the, the bourgeoisie, uh, the boss, the rich, and uh, the, the exploiters. And there is still we under them, but it's now we the French deprived of our uh, territory by them, the migrants. So the, um, the meaning of a we under them can, even in the same social class, the same social uh, urban area, can change. And uh, of course, if the meaning is we, the workers, and becomes we, the French, the meaning is not exactly the same, and the political consequences of this uh, transformation of the meaning of this we and them, of course, uh, the, the, the political consequences are really, really different, and uh, um, we have to, to, to know that we and them is, uh, are not categories of politics that we can rely on without interrogating them. I, I, I don't mean, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not criticizing Chantal saying so because I know that she, she agrees with me, of course. Uh, to <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we know each other for, so, so well that we can joke. To, to conclude um, these uh, few scattered remarks, I, I would like to tell that I do not believe in the idea of assembly as a totalizing uh, concept uh, for a totali totalizing agonistic uh, idea of uh, gathering. I don't, for example, think that the concept of the 99% versus against the one person as I occupy Wall Street uh, is relevant. 
although the people included in this 99% had the same interest and did belong to the same class. And uh, it's, it's, it's a kind of mythology that there is with a 99%, because 99% means that there are people who are, whose incomes are very, very high and people whose income are very, very low. And I don't think they can gather together uh, in New York City at Occupy Wall Street or at, uh, in France at Nuit Debout uh, to defend uh, the same interest. I have to say that 1,000 PhD students in New York City saying we are the people, uh, 300 PhD students on Place de la République at Nuit Debout saying we are the people. Uh, I'm on their side, of course, but I have to say that they are not the people. And when, while they were saying so, the people, working class people, precarized working class people, uh, unemployed, uh, getting precarized and temporary jobs, they were going to vote for Marine Le Pen in the north of France, in the east of France, in the south of France. They were the people. And unfortunately, the people... Uh, uh, I'm on the side of, of course, Nuit Debout and the PhD students. I, I was there. I, I supported them. But I have to, to, to tell that they were not the people. And if we built uh, mythologies uh, saying that a few hundred uh, PhD students are, my students too, are the people, uh, I would say that it would be really, really misleading and we are not, um, uh, we are not going to win battles uh, against the far right wing by uh, denying uh, the uh, the obvious reality. One, we know that one of the main vectors of the reproduction of social classes, Pierre Bourdieu has demonstrated that uh, extensively 40 years ago, is the education, uh, the, the school system, the educational system, and the, culture, the, the, the possession of a cultural, cultural capital. And we know the maps are, are strikingly eloquent. Uh, the vote for the National Front in France is exactly located in the areas where the level of education, how long people go to uh, the frequent the school system, is the lower. The lower you go to school, the, the, the shortest time you go to school, the lower, uh, the lower level of uh, degree you get, and the higher uh, uh, number of votes for uh, the National Front is um, uh, related to that. Uh, it's, a, it's exactly the same map. You, if you see the two maps, it's, it's, it's really striking. So. Uh, if you are a PhD student, you don't say, I am the people, because uneducated people, not because they, uh, they, they lack work and merit, uh, as Piketty would say, but because they are destitute, living in a destitute uh, areas, 
in, uh, getting precarious. Have you seen this wonderful movie by uh, these two wonderful movies by uh, Ken Loach? Uh, Sorry, I missed you, the last one, and I, Daniel Blake. You see in the, these movies what it means to be precarized, to be destitute, to be submitted, subjected to. Um, state violence, uh, administrative violence. And you also understand why it is so difficult, nearly impossible for, for precarious, precarized uh, workers to mobilize, to organize, to demonstrate. Because you don't, to, to mobilize oneself, you have to have a future. If you don't have a future, because you don't even have a present, you cannot, uh, um, you cannot go to a demonstration. You cannot think of a, uh, another future because you don't have one. I mentioned at the beginning uh, of my talk the feminist movement and the black movement and the working class movement. I said that they tend to build... Um, monothetic framework. I don't mean that we have to choose one or the other. There was a, a misunderstanding or misinterpretation uh, of my book, Ricoeur Narens, when it was published uh, in Germany and in Austria. Uh, it was like I was denouncing what they call here uh, identity politics. I don't know what it is, but... Uh, uh, Every time I give an interview to a German or Austrian newspaper, the first question, what do you think of identity politics? I don't know what it is. I know that there are political movements against injustice, against oppression, against discrimination, against inequalities. Um, but I cannot call that uh, identity because people are not fighting for identities, uh, but, for example, for justice. Uh, you mentioned Assa Traoré, the leader of the Comité Adama, the, the main uh, uh, anti-racist movement in France, kind of uh, today iconic uh, uh, figure, uh, activist of the anti-racist movement. Uh, she does not fight for black identity. She fights against the destitution uh, the suppression of public sector in the suburbs, the police violence to which the uh, young people in the suburbs are submit, uh, submitted, subjected, uh, the police control everywhere, uh, the unjust inequalities, and so, so it's not identity. And the view that has been disseminated of my book, I was against identity politics, and advocating a politics only focused on working class issues. But uh, I was saying that the left abandoned the working class. And this explains why the working class is now, because they were abandoned, they abandoned them back, and they are now voting for the right wing and far right wing. I did not say that I want... Uh, only a working class uh, movement uh, and the disappearance of the feminist movement, the LGBT movement. Florian uh, reminded uh, that I wrote a book 
réflexion sur la question gay, Reflections on, the, on gays, à uh, participer à la gay pride parade in Paris uh, every year. Uh, and I go to the demonstration or rally organized by uh, the Comité Adama and the anti-racist movement. Uh, I go to the, to the demonstration of the Yellow Vest, which is um, something we, we can discuss. Uh, I, we do not have to choose between different movements, working class or all the other movement I mentioned. I don't mean that we have to choose one or another, but also I don't think that it is easy to put all these movements together. And uh, um, here I will uh, uh, disagree uh, with Chantal. Uh, we had a discussion in Madrid, and at the, at the end of the discussion I told her, we do agree on everything but we do disagree on everything too. And uh, I think that both things are, are true. And um, I, I, don't, I don't accept the idea of left-wing populism uh, because for me, every movement has, has its own claim, not only its own claim, its own traditions and its own temporality. You cannot... Uh, put these temporalities together as though his story was one great uh, uh, flux in which everything is uh, united. There are different heterogeneous, disjuncted, if I can say so, temporalities which cannot uh, 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 reconcile themselves. So uh, the temporalities... Uh, uh, can do that at some point. And uh, we cannot erase the differences and the specificities of each movement. We have to, to, to accept them, to accept the differences, to accept the multiplicity, to accept the heterogeneity, which means not only because we can say we accept the heterogeneity, but let's go together on Place de la République, or I don't know the, 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 the name of the square here, or, or in Berlin, or in, in London. But we cannot say that, because you cannot be on the same square uh, if you have so different interests. Except at some moments, and we know, um, for example, in Ukraine, uh, um, in Spain, with Podemos, but the result of that is the, that today uh, Podemos uh, is uh, losing votes, while Vox, the far right-wing party, is uh, get, uh, getting more and more votes in the working class uh, uh, areas. So we have to, to think that if we say we the people, and you try to unite different people, we have not only heterogeneity, but conflict between these uh, people. The, Chantal uh, mentioned the, the slogan of the, the people against the oligarchy. In Spain, la patria, 
le, el pueblo contra la casta, la patria contra la casta. Because left-wing populism is a populism in which you obviously have left-wing people, right-wing people, far-right-wing people. If you want to have the people, la patria contra la casta, the, 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 the people against the oligarchy, you will have people. And if you want to surpass the, the, the old notion of the right and the left, you will have people of the right as well as of the left. And we can see today in France demonstrations in which, again, anti-vax or anti-surveillance uh, uh, society, anti-sanitary pass and so on, in which uh, far left-wing people, anti-far, uh, France Insoumise, um, uh, Vote. Uh, I vote. I support Jean-Luc Mélenchon. I vote for France Insoumise, but I disagree with them on not only this issue, but uh, so many issues. Uh, I still vote for them because we can vote for a party. Uh, if you vote for a party uh, with which you totally agree, you will not vote for uh, for anybody. But you have also far right-wing people anti-Semites uh, 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 showing uh, anti-Semitic uh, posters, disgusting uh, uh, anti-Semitic posters. And how is it possible for people of the France Insoumise, a movement which I support, to go to a demonstration with these horrible people? So they justify it. This is the people... Uh, demonstrating together, united, and uh, building the very notion of a people. No, I do not want that. I do not accept that. I don't want to be the people with these people. Agonistic gatherings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, it, um, I, I, I finish here. I, to, to, the, to the notion of left-wing populism, I would like to open the notion of a new spirit of 68, of May 68, May 68 is a very complex movement in which, we, ten, in France, 10 millions of working people on strike, a new feminist movement, the birth of a, the homosexual movement, as I say at that time, um, green uh, um, preoccupation, ecologist, and, and so on. The, criticability of everything, psychiatry, police, justice, law, uh, 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 um, uh, education, and so on. So I don't want to, to build a myth or a mythology of May 68, but it's not a theory. What we see today is May 68 in act because we have feminist demonstration, uh, Extinction Rebellion, the Green uh, Movement. We have uh, 
LGBT demonstration. We have working class strikes. We have the yellow vest. So this is not a concept. This is the reality. And we have to build on this reality to build a new framework of resistance, multiple forms of resistance to multiple forms of state violence, uh, state power, state oppression, state exploitation, and in order to build a framework to think a new, in a new way the uh, social transformation in order to get more social justice. Sorry for the English. Thank, thank you very much. And maybe um, I would suggest because um, you were addressed directly, so I um, skip no, my question. Can you? But I will. Can, can I? Please let me moderate, Chantal. <laughs> 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 oh, Chantal, please. But, um, no, no, but, the, uh, but it would be. I think it would be interesting if you would react to uh, because in a way uh, you were uh, uh, Didier contradicted you in the end with the idea of the construction of a common will. If I understood it right, a construction of a. Uh, of a, of a people in a way, and it would be great if you would maybe react to, could react to that if you okay, agree look, or disagree the, okay, on that. The question is, look, we've been, we, we are friends for a long time, very good friends, and I mean, we, I don't think I've been trying to explain to DJ what I mean by left populism. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Uh, And I've been insisting, saying that it's not a question of creating some kind of homogeneous... Look, look I'm on really... It's, I, I think that I'm very clear that it's not a question of putting all those... Obviously, they are a, a, a lot of you know, differences, and I, and I don't want to homogenize. I think it's a question of articulation, the, the, the demand, so that the same kind of solidarity can be created between very different demands. But look, I, I don't... I, I, it's not the first time, you know, that we, we've, been having, we've been having that discussion for, and, and I tried to explain, and, and I, and, and, but he doesn't get it, so what can I do? <laughs> What can I do? Uh, I, I, can, I can say two very short things. That uh, I, do, I do accept your idea of articulation. What I, I, would, I would like to ask you is how do we do that? And, uh, oh, and, that's, uh, that's the question. That's the question, yes. That's uh, the question. And because I, if there is an articulation, uh, I'd be here. I support uh, the well, articulation. And I... I'm part, I'm part of different movements, and so I, I embody a kind of articulation, but I'm afraid that we are not that many to embody this articulation, and that the movements are separate, different, specific, and it's not easy to reconcile them. I, I know that... It's not a question of reconciling, but look, the example that I gave, and I think that... Uh, The joint demonstration between the Gilets Jaunes, between the, 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 the uh, Committee Adama, 
and, uh, and, and the ecological movement. Yes, I was there. Exactly, but it's not a, reco- a question of reconciling them. They, they are of, with their specific yes. demand, but they are moments in which some kind of solidarity is created among people with different demands. There are moments, it, you're right, there are moments. But this is the only thing I'm saying. I mean, no, uh, so we uh, do uh, agree. Okay, we agree then. All right, all right. There is a see, w- one other point. Because you mentioned the effects in politics, and I, I do agree with you. But one of the prominent members of France Insoumise, uh, a member of the parliament, François Ruffin, gave as an example of an, the effect which can unite the people together as a collective force. And the effect, the example he gave is the patriotic support of a country for his soccer team. Uh, okay, I don't have uh, okay, anything no, against no. this patriot. Uh, yes, no, I, have, no. I do have, because as a, as a gay you man... As a gay man... As a gay man... But you can't, you know, disprove one of the... Okay, by saying one member of the France Insoumise said that. Okay, I mean, uh, uh, I'm not responsible for... No, uh, I, I, I did not blame you for that. I did not blame you for that. I said that some people at France Insoumise gave okay, this example. Okay, and as a gay and man, as always, as always felt threatened by this patriotic, uh, masculine, uh, masculinist enthusiast for the soccer, uh, national soccer team. And which means also that and the, 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 the slogan of your Podemos, your, your Podemos, you, you, you. My Podemos, like, uh, 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 can you imagine? No, my Podemos, no, your my Podemos. Podemos. So, you, uh, you know, you wrote a book. You wrote a book with Inigo Herrera. If Jean-Luc Mélenchon says something, then I'm responsible. No. My God. No, I did not say so. I said you're not. I said they give they give that example. But the slogan of Podemos, not your Podemos, but this Podemos in, in Spain, they said. La patria contra la casta, the, 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 the nation against the oligarchy. Oh, I'm afraid that if you think of a people united, it's always in the frame of a nation. And the idea of populism is always, tends always to be a nationalist idea. And I know you're not nationalist, but the, 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 the movements which were claiming themselves as populist, left-wing populist, were advocating this idea of the patrie, la patrie, la patria, the nation. And um, for me, I don't accept the idea of the people. I want the left wing against the far right wing and the right wing. And... For me, the left is international, internationalist, or it is not the left. And I don't mean that you are not internationalist. Of course, I know that you, 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 you international, more international than I am. But uh, the idea of the nation against the oligarchy is, for me, a very dangerous idea because it is exactly the words that the far right wing in France uses. They say the nation, 
against the elite, the nation against the oligarchy, the nation against the global uh, uh, elite. Uh, so, if, uh, if a movement uh, uses... Didier, look, uh, can I stop you? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay, okay. I've never said a nation against the oligarchy. I said the people, but the question is, and that's what you can't... Not you. Get it. But, okay, but uh, uh, you were, you know, arguing against the king. I said, no, but look, I know that the term the people, some people react... What I understand with the people is a collective will. It's a, that is result of the articulation of the working class struggle, of the struggle of the feminists, of the struggle of anti-racism. This is, this is a collective will, which is the articulation of a sort of democratic demand. That's what I understand by the people. You know, it's not the nation. It's, it's an articulation of... And, and basically, it's a question of... It's a transversal subject, precisely. But, uh, look, in fact, there... Uh, the, the question about left populism, you can you understand it better. If you say, first, I think, as I say, my position is a dissociative conception of the political. You know, it's both a frontier. There is always this a frontier. You might people might disagree with that. Many people do, but that's like. But of course, this frontier can be created in different ways. Obviously, yes. obviously, yes. and right wing populism. Come, but I'm saying I. I think that the only way to fight against right-wing populism is by constructing another uh, uh, way of, of the, uh, uh, the people. Here I think that uh, Spinoza say the only way to displace an affect is by constructing a stronger affect. I very much agree with that. I think we need to, if we want to, to, to you know, displace the affect which a right-wing populism uh, built, we need to create a no, it's not by argument and saying, oh, you know, that. no, it's by constructing a stronger effect. And I a stronger effect orientating this demand towards social justice, towards internationalism, towards. But it's a question of effect can be mobilized in different ways. And, and, and we need on the left to understand the power of effect because I think that uh, is one of the main problems with the left. The left is much too rationalistic. You know, they believe, I know, mobilizing effect, this is what the right wing and the fascists do. We only use argument. You know, I think that, again, Spinoza say, uh, argument, ideas have got forced when they need effect, you know. If, if, if ideas by themselves, and by the way, Bourdieu says something similar. Yeah, I, I okay, do agree. So we, we've got a... Uh, 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 no, no, but... Let, did, did I disagree with the idea that... Did I disagree with the idea that affects are very important Can I, in politics? Can I ask, a, ask a question? <laughs> Just so I, um, because you know, I guess you both agree, and I understand that you you, you stress this yourself that to to create a movement that that would change the course of things, it would it's necessary to include people that at the moment, for example, might be on the right wing. Or so 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 how to and and so in a way the. Yeah, how to how to deal with the with the problem then that it actually needs an inclusion, that it actually needs something that brings people to reconsider, I guess, yeah, their, their positions yeah. and not just say, okay, well, as you as you don't do and you stress it. But I wonder with what you say, how 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 would you imagine this to happen? I know that during a strike, for example, in a factory, there are 
left-wing workers and right-wing workers united together uh, in the strike. More left-wing, but some are right-wing. And, but this is a temporary moment uh, um, when uh, the elections uh, are here. The right-wing workers will vote for the right-wing or the far-right-wing, and the, the left-wing ones will vote less and less for the, um, for the left-wing parties. But the problem is not a strike, or it's to, to build a framework in which you consider that uh, people can be together. And um, I know that the effects are very important. I wrote about that. What kind of... Uh, in Rucker-Narrens, I mentioned that, how my parents were um, um, uh, mobilized by affect, anger against the, 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 the powerful people, and how there was a shift in these affects. And today we can see, for example, qui a tué mon père, who killed my father, by Edouard Louis, his father, who is who was a factory worker, who had his back destroyed by an accident in the, in the factory, used to vote for the left wing, now vote for Marine Le Pen. And uh, the effect here is uh, infuriated against everything, the, the, the powerful people. Uh, he says we, we need a revolution. There are effects, but we... We cannot accept the effect. We have to build new effect through, um, sorry, Chantal, through a theoretical framework which gives a new me- a meaning to the reality and to the life that people really live and experiment, experience and, and, and the social violence that they experience. And we, we, we do not... Uh, I, um, I spoke to I know yes, yeah, well, too, let, too let, long. I, I did not I did not I did not mention the, I only mentioned the, the yellow vest, and the yellow vest was very very. It was a, a movement. Uh, it was not peaceful. The first demonstration where uh, they did not uh, say we we want consensus, we want discussion. They destroy everything they they could uh, find in on their way. Uh, uh, Arc de Triomphe, uh, uh, shops, uh, and so on. And I would say that I can cannot blame them for that. We, we can you uh, you can replace the. The, the window of a shop, but you cannot replace people with the, their back broken by the violence of the, 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 the harshness of their uh, working uh, conditions. So uh, it was a counter-violence, social counter-violence. Uh, I'm not a violent person, but I do not blame them, blame them to express their anger through this violent demonstration. And uh, uh, today, but of course... Some people said they are homophobic, some were, they are anti-Semite, some were. But Assa Traoré, the, the, the anti-racist movement, went to a demonstration of the Yellow Vest. I do not support the Yellow Vest. I am a Yellow Vest. Uh, and the meaning of the Yellow Vest is what 
what you do, what you say. If you let, of course, the far right-wing people saying uh, this is because of the of the of the Jews uh, uh, governing the world, and so of course, and if Asa Traoré, some uh, queer activist, a member of the Green Party, prominent member of the Green Party, go there and said, we are the, the yellowest, uh, the yellowest, we are, and. The meaning of the movement changed. So here, it's a, it's it's not only about affects; it's, it's about the theoretical framework, uh, and the theoretical framework. Uh, and I think when Bourdieu speaks about affects, and which is well, look, I'm first. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not speaking about mobilizing affects, but uh, I speak of idée affectante, the, the articulation of ideas with. Affect. I'm not. I'm not saying that we just only m m need to mobilize affect without, you know, having a, 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 a framework. As you see. Of course, we need a framework, but the framework is not enough because, for instance, let's say in in uh, uh, um, the, the left, uh, people. I'm, I'm thinking of, for instance, a discussion I, I, I had in in, uh, um, in Britain. They believe that the main question is you need to have a good program. If you have a good program, then people are going to follow. I say no, that's not enough, you need to have a program that speaks to people, that, that people feel, you know, that this program has got something to do with their situation, with what they want. So I'm not saying just mobilize affect. I mean, no, I, I think, but, but look, when I are say we going to When I say theoretical framework, uh, when I say theoretical framework, I mean, for example, to reaffirm that there are social classes and there are social... Uh, uh, class struggle. There are conflict between classes. And this is a theoretical framework yeah. in okay. which people can uh, um, uh, create the affect as member of... Uh, my parents had affect as members of the social... Uh, of the working class. Uh, they were communists. They, they, they have affect of members of the... If you dismantle this theoretical framework, which is also a political framework, the affect that my parents uh, um, kept on uh, feeling uh, were completely transformed into something which has nothing to do anymore with social classes, but to belonging to a country against people who are invading yeah, the country. Yeah, so the, fr the framework that. here I mean, I, I is, totally is the ground of the effects. The theoretical framework is the ground of the effects. Yeah, of course. course. You are, of course. Okay. It's the okay. reason so. why I said we, we do agree with... Uh, okay, so in fact, I, don't, I don't really see... What, what, shall we yeah, open yeah, the floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure it will help, but we... Uh, and not because of the question. Not because of the question, but uh, um, so yes, this is a chance to ask a question not by typing it into the computer, but live. So if you still <laughs> want to do that, it would be great. Uh, here's a question right in the first row. There, please wait for the microphone because uh, we stream, and so otherwise you cannot be heard. Bonsoir. What I understood from Mrs. Buff is that, um, Buff is that uh, you're talking about a society that under people understand that other peoples have the right and the will and the need to demonstrate for whatsoever and to protest against whatsoever. And I think that the fact that neoliberalism just destroyed any feeling of community creates 
what you say. So I don't see such an opposition between your positions. But there is no basic <laughs> difference between our positions. Exactly. I mean, uh, so I don't understand why you repeat it all the time that you are have that we you have a different the, we position. We support the same movement. We vote for this. I would love uh, to, go on, to go on and to, uh, to talk about how can we overcome uh, this situation that people lost completely this sense of community because this, uh, this ideology or this, I don't know how you would call it, um, of neoliberalism, capitalism, and consumerism just destroyed the sense of, of uh, understanding the other in his need to demonstrate or uh, to, to stand up for his right. This is what, I'm, this is yeah, what well, I, I is, take from what you said. Yes. Yeah, but this is why I think what I call agonistic assemblies. I mean, uh, I agree with Didier. I'm against this kind of idea of consensus. And that, but, but I will not... Because I, for me, assemblies are places where uh, affects are mobilized. They can be mobilized in a wrong way or in a way that... I, but they can also be mobilized in, in, in a pos positive way, you know. And I, I think, for instance, that... Uh, well, uh, he, he, Didier was saying, and, and, and I, in fact, I gave us, us an example, the, 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 us a positive example of creating... The, the demonstration in which the, uh, the Committee Adama was and the, the, the Yellow West. And the, I think that that's, that's exactly, you know, the, and this is, I also insisted that when I was speaking of assemblies, I was not thinking only of, you know, occupation. I was saying form of demonstration. And I think this, this for me, let's say, let's, I think that this demonstration was a form of assembly, but a form of an agonistic assembly in which different groups came with their different demands. They, they, the, What was at stake was not, you know, let's try to all find a way to agree, no, but to articulate their, their struggles so, so that they could, at the moment, they, 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 they have a, um, well, a, common, a common adversary, because for me, it's absolutely crucial, you know, to have in politics about us and them. So in order to create an us, it's not an, it's a mem even a temporary us, you need to have them. You need to work against people. So, and, and I think that agonistic assemblies for me are places precisely where people can get together, uh, get to know each other and confront themselves. And, and, um, and, and in fact, in, in many of the... Um, reunion of the Yellow West, for instance, they, they were saying that for them it was really important because this is a place when, when they met the wrong point, you know, the, they, they could really uh, get, get you know, to understand and see other demands. I mean, I, I think that this, this is, uh, uh, there is no, it's, it's, There is no theoretical solution to, to, to I that. I wanted it's, to add something. Maybe can I get another question? Okay, okay, okay. Practices, you know. If you could wait, we get another question. If there's another question. Um, well, I was wondering, because I feel like you, Professor Ebon, were basically referring, or I also read Retourera, Rekanachra, as kind of a pledge to remobilize class identity in order to overcome the neoliberal predicament. Um, I might be wrong or not, but I feel like um, I feel like, or I was wondering if, like, and, and maybe you have to say something about that or someone else here has to say something about that. I was wondering if, like, a 
an idea of agonistic assemblies could not rather be a stage to acknowledge that class identities under the influence of, like, um, if you want to put it as neoliberal ideology or, or whatnot, is something that has basically vanished and, and has to be reinvented in new ways, in forms of new articulations. And I would like to ask you two if, if like, um, you can think of or if you have any conceptions of like a way to um, kind of steady those, for example, demonstrations in which different um, groups sort of articulate their demands together. Because I feel like what would be necessary would be kind of a um, like kind of a coalition or articulation that holds up for a longer moment in time than one demonstration, right? So how to like study an assembly in a way, how to provide a framework in which those articulations can um, like form a counter hegemony kind of um, is I guess something I would well, like to you, you hear go, your thoughts you on. I, I did not. I, I did not say uh, um, working class identity. I say the, the the feeling of belonging to a collective, mobilized or mobilizable uh, political social force, and uh, this is what has been dismantled, and. Uh, not only because of the uh, social democrat parties and the left wing, uh, right left wing intellectual, but also because of the transformation of the, the economics. Uh, when I can say something personal, when my mother uh, was a worker in a factory in the 70s, in this factory there were 1,700 workers, male and female. 500 of these workers were members members of the CGT, the trade union close to the Communist Party. There were strikes, massive strikes, uh, uh, fight with the police at the gate of the of the of the factory, and so on. Today, the factory has been closed for ten years, maybe more, and you can wonder. Where, is this, where, where, where are the workers? They are dead, of course, it, my mother is dead now. Uh, but where are their children, their grandchildren? And overall, where are the cards of membership of the trade union? Because people don't work in this kind of huge factories. They are, pre they, they can, they are un unemployed. Uh, they can get precarious jobs. They can, um, uh, Amazon warehouses or uh, um, uh, um, Deliveroo uh, or Uber uh, drivers or whatever. So how can you imagine to rebuild a sense of solidarity between people who are isolated? Because if you are an un un unemployed, you are isolated, you don't work with other people, you cannot mobilize with other people. So the sense of solidarity is lost. And how can we think of associations, trade unions, political parties, 
and this is not the Socialist Party and uh, a new candidate, an Hidalgo, uh, they, they will not uh, be the one who rebuilds this sense of working class solidarity or uh, social justice. They will send the police, riot police against them, uh, people who want to demonstrate. But so the, this sense of solidarity, these people who are unemployed don't go to the what you call assembly uh, agonistic. And on the contrary, you can see that if if you have different movement on the same square, the agonistic movement will the, the agonistic thing will be between the different movement. The um, in May '68, the working class movement uh, expelled the gay people who wanted to demonstrate uh, with them. They expelled feminists uh, who wanted to dem uh, demonstrate with them. So there is always not a sense of community which unites these movements, but the agonism, the, the, the conflict, is not all these people together against neoliberalism, but it, in, it, it is between them. Uh, it, uh, uh, the, the, the masculinist members of the working class movement the, uh, against the feminists or the gay people. Um, it's not that easy to think that the conflict, the agonis, agonism is against an enemy because and to unite these people or this movement together. The specificity of these movements means also that they conflict between each other. And this is what we have to take into account if you want to, to reflect on, uh, on uh, the assembly, the, the sense of community. You can imagine I'm in favor of the sense of community, the sense of solidarity. But it's not that easy to, 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 to build. And sense of solidarity, it's precisely what the neoliberal uh, uh, politics and reforms have dismantled uh, people who were in so, uh, the, all the, all the idea of uh, uh, of the institution of uh, social solidarity has been dismantled. So uh, people are left isolated and <clears throat> they express when they are working class, precarized working class people, they express their anger by abstaining, they don't vote, most of them, or if they vote, they vote for the National Front. So to build a sense of solidarity is, is, um, is a challenge that we have to think about. And um, I'm afraid I don't have an uh, answer to give you. To, uh, I'm afraid that uh, I would like that I'll have one, but I'm afraid that we, both of us don't have the, the answer. Um, thank you very much for the talk. Um, first of all, it was very interesting. Um, I find the idea of the agonism very interesting, and I was wondering, it's like a question for you more, Chantal Muth, um, because you were talking and writing about the conflictual consents. Um, where, do you, where would you say would you draw the line for this consent? And who draws the line, or what happens if there are members in an assembly who are 
anti-human rights, for example, if human rights are the conflictual consents itself? If the question makes sense. Like, who decides what the conflictual consents is if there are different members in the assembly? And um, would you say that this consensus is like a fixed one or is it part of an agonistic discussion itself? So are there, are there limits to an Yeah, well, no, of course. Look, uh, the question is that first when I speak of political uh, uh, conflictual consensus, I'm not thinking of, you know, an assembly. I, I'm, this is in, in the context of my reflection on, 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 the, on democracy, you know, because I think that... Um, Oh, it's, it's, I, I don't want to, to enter too much into that, but um, I, what my argument is that they, when uh, um, in the dissociative conception, when you know that they are uh, uh, um, necessarily antagonist people, that, is it the question is that is it possible still to uh, uh, find ways in in which we we can you know. Uh, uh, Live in, live in common and, and to have a, um, a society in which some form of democracy are possible, because that is my, my, my long thought uh, with Habermas. Habermas say, if you insist on the idea that they are, they are, there is uh, antagonism, then you cannot imagine the creation of, of, of uh, um, a democracy. You know, democracy... Uh, requires that we say that there is no antagonism or no conflict that cannot have a rational solution. So, uh, and, and, but, but, you know, it, it's not, it's, it's, I don't want to give you a long, very long explanation about that because it would take me too long. But basically, it's my, my reflection about conflictual consensus is about what kind of consensus is possible that make room for dissensus because I do agree that if we want to live together, we need to have some form of consensus. You know, in fact, even if you are going to have the discussion, you need to have some something on which you agree, and then you you can disagree about things. So my my contention about that is that in democratic societies, in liberal democratic societies, in our societies. With our understanding, you know, of of, of democracy, um, there, there there are what I call ethical political principles that we share. You know, is is I was speaking about, for instance, well, probably that's the best way to enter into your question. I was speaking about uh, uh, the question of uh, citizenship. Okay, I think that and and my idea of an agonistic citizenship means that well, there is something on which we agree, the ethical political principle being, for instance, in our societies, liberty and equality for all. Those are the, 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 the principles that need to be accepted in order uh, to, to speak of a, a, a real, you know, modern democracy. But liberty and equality for all it's evident that there are many different understandings of that. People are going to understand liberty in one way, uh, 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 equality, and big question, particularly today, with part of the whole, because it's never absolutely... So there are all, all limits. 
And this is what I call a conflictual consensus. You know, we agree that those are the principles that need to be, you know, uh, our ethical political principles, but we are going to disagree about the way they should be interpreted and uh, about the, the kind of institution, the way they are going to be institutionalized. The agonistic struggle, as I understand it, at that level, is about that. It's, it, it means that there are possibilities, and what I call I also speak of agonistic pluralism. You know, there is, of course, the agonism is plural, but it's a question. We need to have uh, uh, things that unite us, but at the same time, we need to have the possibility of, of, of dissensus. But, of course, uh, uh, um, it means that they are people who are not going to be part of that. They are, they are people who will say, no, but th those are not the principle uh, uh, of, um, of, you know, that... Should, Imagine, for instance, uh, well, obviously the, the Taliban would not agree about, about that. They, they, they want you <laughs> know, to, organize, to organize the society. On the, but those are, 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 they can't be part of the agonistic struggle, of course. They are limited to the agonistic struggle. Those are, you know, enemies, if you want. You know, so, so not all conflict can be transformed into an agonistic one. And uh, in, in, I think your question about... Uh, uh, um, People disagreeing. Well, by the way, that, that uh, uh, um, was quite interesting. You probably remember. Well, you were not there, uh, 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 Florian. But um, when Miloro organized this uh, general assembly at uh, uh, the, uh, the Showbune, no? <laughs> the, the, whole qu the question was, uh, uh, okay, bring together people to discuss. Uh, uh, what, what Milo had not envisaged you know, it was the fact that uh, um, some of the people were representative. In fact, there was this, this, this guy from Turkey who, who in fact, uh, um, he, was not, he did not even accept the, 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 the basic principle. He, he was really uh, um, putting in, in, in defending a view which was not acceptable, not is because you can imagine there are many different ways in which you can understand, but uh, there are also things that you know are, are off limit. And how are you going to deal with those people? It's it's a big question. And in fact, this question at Milo had, had to uh, uh, reach because at some point uh, um, the. the <laughs> it was quite interesting, the, 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 this thing, because he, at some point, decided, okay, let's have a vote. I mean, are we going to keep that person in, in our assembly or not? The, the vote was, uh, let's, you know, no, he can't stay. He's got, he's got to go. But then, of course, some, some people complain, you know, that, uh, uh, well, it was undemocratic to have ejected that, that, that person, so that person should be called back, you know. They are really adult. There is no rational solution to that problem. And, and, and in fact, the, the same thing, for instance, is the, what are the limits of the agonistic struggle? Um, a big discussion that some ways in Germany, some ways in. Is our right wing populist part? Should they be part of the uh, agonistic struggle or should they be considered as enemies? Well, there the question, the way I will deal with that would be, to, okay, are, do they uh, re reject the basic principle of liberty of equality for all, or do they de defend some interpretation of those principles 
that we don't really like, that we disagree with, but uh, let's say they are borderline, you know? And I think in, 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 and then of course the basic problem is that how do you deal with those things? I think that, that, that to that question there are only pragmatic solutions. Because there is no way in you when you could decide, I know, those are, you know, rational, you know, they are pragmatic. Then I will say, okay, what's the best thing to, should we uh, exclude those people? And, and, and in, 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 in practice, for instance, I say, should we make the Rassemblement uh, National, uh, 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 you know, Illegal or, or not, not? Or there was a discussion in Germany, in fact, about the, the one of those Nazi group. You know, so those are, in in many cases, I would say uh, it depends. I I think that is it better to keep them inside, and because at least it's a way to force them to. Maybe you know, play the game of democracy. Maybe in an hypocritical, but at least you are able to contain them. Because if you exclude them, probably they'll go into you know, uh, uh, um, you call that in in, in English, uh, uh, um, underground or, or things like that. So, but those are discussion, and I and I and I will say that this is the same thing when when in an assembly. You've got people that you consider are not really, you know, uh, uh, accepting the, the basic uh, consensus, uh, even if it's uh, one that we agree need could be. Because obviously, if you have the idea of uh, uh, human rights, there are many different ways in which which human rights are more important. There is a whole discussion about that. But if you have somebody who definitely no human rights doesn't exist, you know, well, of course, in that case, it's. it's I don't think there is a space for, for people like that in the assembly. But usually things are not so clear. It's just, as I say, it's borderline. I mean, yeah, yeah that human right, yeah, but with but we think. So on, honestly, I think that it's, there is no rational solution to those questions. It's basically a, a, a pragmatic thing. You know, what is better for our society to, you know, accept those people, force them to, to you know, uh, uh, Play the, the, by our rules or exclude them, but but I, I agree with you. They, they, those are questions with which really you know re, can uh, uh, um, happen. Yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. We are at the core of the of the of many of the problems we have at the moment. Like in a way, what, whom to include into this common into a common struggle? Who to exclude? When is the line drawn? Where, who can be part of the chain of equivalence? Who cannot be part of it? Uh, in a way, I guess that's the question. Of, and it could uh, for the chain of equivalence, I don't think it's a bit, uh, it's a problem because obviously for the chain of equivalence, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's clearer. You know, because for instance, it's obvious I'm never going to accept uh, right-wing populism. No, but, my yeah, but when it's equivalent. okay, it's, but I, I think uh, uh, as we know uh, from many discussions at the moment, there are many things that are more, as we said, things are often not that clear-cut. So I think we are at the moment where we can now discuss another hour, uh, because this is like really the point, I think, of many, many political discussions at the moment. Exclusion, non-exclusion, who is part of it, who can say we, he's not part of we, etc. So uh, this will leave for many other editions yeah. of the Heart of Assembly. And, uh, or maybe another thing which will not be visible, a, a new, a different course. program. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm egoistic now, so I'm talking about this series. And No, it's, not, it's the discussion anyway, so it's maybe good to uh, end up, uh, and you can 
kind of clearly brought it to the point where we are at the core of, of, of many of these uh, discussions at the moment. So we, we uh, stop it here um, to leave a cliffhanger for many other discussions. Can I, can I ask you a last question? The, the question. Just a question. Would you invite in your uh, series a far-right-wing ideologist, racist, anti-migrants? No, I, said I, I hope no. So w the, well, we have to ex exclude them of well, the, but we have a, the debate. I, I said that, yeah, no, it's an interesting discussion because... But you would think, like, like the, the example of, uh, of, uh, of like, uh, the artistic works, and I think the context, the time, the moment play a role. The Milo Raus uh, yeah, General I not, Assembly... I would not go in, in, in a public discussion in a, in a TV show, for example, with uh, someone. And if we, if we ask, if we refuse to go to talk show uh, on the TV, on the radio with far-right-wing people, they would, they would stop to invite them and we would get rid of them. And uh, we, you are we, very we, optimistic. Yes, I am. I am. Also, I think the problem... Stop the pro inviting you. The problem might be also... I don't go anywhere. I don't like to go, so I don't go. The problem is where it starts. So, as I said, this will be... because then Often things are not that clearly cut. So, yes, we will... This discussion will be to launch another discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, Didier Rivon, Chantal Mouffe. Thank you for, uh, for coming. And I would uh, just maybe... Um, to, there will be counter, counter positions uh, already on Saturday in Berlin, but also on a live stream when we have Judith Butler and Max Haven, who will probably have a different view on Occupy and the relevance <laughs> of Occupy today. So, uh, there will be um, a delayed... Uh, controversy on this, I guess, so maybe if you want to have a look at it. Thank you again, Chantal Mouffe and Didier Rivon, and thanks for coming.